What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we're very excited with our special guest today. This is very interesting one. This is the first time we do this, so we're definitely looking forward to this. And as you guys can see, we have a different setup going on, so it's going to definitely get fun, and we're going to learn a lot today. So today, we have the president and CEO of Sovereign Brands, a family-owned international wine and spirits company headquartered in New York, which sells its portfolio of products in more than 100 countries globally. And he is, his company and him have developed some of the world's hottest brands, including the smash hit Luc Belair line of French sparkling wines, and as well has a portfolio that includes Bamboo, a craft run from craft rum from Barbados, as well as McQueen and the Violet Fog, a small batch of gin from June Deai, and if not, you can correct me later, Brazil, Sovereign's newest release, Villain, which is revolutionizing the cognate category. He has also been featured on Forbes, Crane's Chicago Business and Market Watch, among others, and has recently been recognized by Goldman Sachs as one of the 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs at the Goldman Sachs Builders Plus Innovators Summit. Please help us welcome the one and only Brett Barish. What is up, brother? Ooh. Hi, guys. Anthony, Brian, thanks for having me on. You made me sound great, so I, I I'm not going to complain. Well, <laughs> it's it's your background that made it great because, man, what a, what a tremendous uh, bio right there. I was oh, like yeah. reading. I was like, man, this is... This is some cool stuff, man. And we're, we're, it's a pleasure to have you on here today. I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, little side thing. I, I was like, man, I was like, I should have not shaved my beard last week because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's moments I have gray. it pretty long. You can ask him. There's moments I have it pretty long. <laughs> Next stop is you got to go gray. So just give that, it some time. That's it. How, hey, I've had a few of them pop up. every. I've, I think I got to like 14. So it's coming. Yeah, that's the stress. Yeah. Man. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the beginning of the end. <laughs> so... Man, I, you know, it, it's one of these things where it's like, where do we start? Because there's so many amazing stuff that I'm sure we can go into. So I think a good starting place would be, how did you even indoctrinate, you know, what you're doing and get into this industry in the first place? What was that love or that made you fall in love with this? Uh, I, I, I think a few things. One, clearly, clearly my father. My father was in the liquor business and... Uh, I have three older brothers and uh, every conversation at the dinner table was about liquor, was about brands. And uh, uh, I think that's one area. The second is I love brands. I love branding. I love storytelling. Uh, that'd be the second. And the third is, uh, is uh, just finally jumping into something I love, which was the first two. Um, but it took a long time to get where I am. So it wasn't, it wasn't an overnight, nothing's overnight for me. So it wasn't overnight success. So, so I got to ask you, Brett, um, you mentioned two things, you know, falling in love, obviously with being around the, 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 the different liquors. And you also, you mentioned you love brands. So do you yep. consider yourself more of a, of a, of a, of a, an expert brander and marketer, or would you say li the actual liquor itself is what your most um, expertise at, or, or both? I think they go hand in hand because you, you need one for the other. Um, you can, you know, you can have the, the, the great, you could be the greatest singer in the world, but if you can't package it, no one's going to know you can have, if, if in my case, you know, if the liquid's not good, they're never going to come back and you may have the most gorgeous package. Um, but I think branding is important because for someone like me or for those people starting out, if you don't have a lot of money, that brand's got to pop. So it's got to, it's got to, 
have, it, it, it's got to get a visceral reaction from people because I don't have the money to go spend like a, like a Bacardi and try to build a brand out of nothing. So you need both sides. You need both sides. What's been one of the best liquors or best products that you had that you had the most fun with actually in the, from the inception to all the way marketing, promoting and getting out there? Uh, they're all, uh, it's almost, it's, I got six kids. Uh, they're all special. They're all different. It's the same with brands. Um, they all have a different story to tell. My first big brand was Armand de Brignac, Ace of Spades. Uh, I don't know if you remember the gold bottle, um, huge success. Uh, and that was neat because that happened before social media, you know, before, before you didn't have Instagram and you didn't have, I think maybe we're getting blogs. So we built that traditionally through, you know, through just word of mouth uh, on articles and, uh, uh, newspapers, magazines, and then now you have social media and now we're building a brand a different way. So it's just neat to see that, that you, you got to take what you're given and adapt to it in order to evolve. And that's, I think we've been doing it now for 22 years. We just keep evolving. And that, I think that's what we're good at. Love that. That's amazing. So I, I really want to ask you, Brett, from before social media, the social media days, was your audience different when you got onto social media or did it enhance the current audience you did have and just brought more of it when you did get on social media? It's a great question, Anthony. It's, it's both. Um, meaning, uh, sorry, nothing has changed. It's the same route to market. It's the same audience. It's the same direction. The difference is, and this is the way I view social media is you can learn from your fans, from your customers. And that's the beauty of it. So, you know, I've talked to, I get to talk to people in the music space and I remember having a conversation with, with, uh, he's a famous artist named Russ. And Russ would go on the internet when he put a, so uh, a song out to see where they're listening to it. And he saw in Washington, in the state of Washington, they loved him. So what did he do? He went to Washington. In the Middle East, they, they thought he was Middle Eastern. He's actually, he's not, but they thought he was, but he, he went to the Middle East and performed because that's where his audience was. So that's what's amazing about the internet today or social media is that you can find your audience and the key is show them love, go there you know, uh, uh, play off them. Um, and that's what's special today for me is I get to see how people react to our brands and I get to give it right back to them. Um, and I, that's how we use it. That's how I like it. So initially for you, when you first got into the social media space, what was the automatic feedback you were getting and what, where was it that your audience, you were realizing this is where most of my audience is coming from? It, it, it wasn't so much, it's just reactions. It's, it's, um, uh, I remember we did a, uh, we have a brand called Bamboo Rum, which is, it's now the number one premium rum, uh, in the United States. And, uh, we did this amazing skit, let's call it with little Wayne, uh, and it didn't perform well. And it was, it was a video and it didn't perform well, um, meaning not a lot of views, not a reaction. And I remember looking at Wayne's feed on his Instagram and he had put something up that wasn't very good, but it just got tons of views. And the difference was ours was too perfect. Mm. It was too, it, the video was too good. The, the, the formatting was too good. And you realize you can look at social media, you can look at that instant reaction to see 
you know, okay, what's different about these two things and how do I change it and adapt it? And I think, again, it gets back to, I think what we're good at is constantly pivoting uh, because I don't want to hold on to, you know, if, if it, uh, what's, what do they say? Uh, if you're going to fail, fail quickly. Um, and that's how I look at it. With the pandemic and everything that's happened, have you seen an increase in sales with um, with your, your line that you have going on? Uh, well, there's no, all our brands, incredible business. Is it, is it because of the pandemic? Um, uh, um, partly because more consumers are purchasing at home. It's also because our, our brands were already pretty big at the retail level versus what they call the, you know, the on-premise bar restaurants. Um, but I also think I, I'll give credit to our team and our distributors, the way we approached, you know, the whole uh, pandemic was how do we get out and support our accounts? That's what we were really good at. And those retailers who didn't have, you know, Instagram or social media, you know, we were the ones promoting it or we're talking about uh, uh, um, curbside pickup or we're getting our celebrity friends to promote their accounts to get the consumers to go. So a lot of it was, we just changed directions on how we were trying to accomplish the same goal, which is to sell our products. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it goes to show you the the level of, how do I say, the level of attention and careness that you have um, when it comes to your business and the, and the retailers to help them out because that was such a time sensitive time of trying to figure out what do we do? How does everybody survive? How can we support um, the people who come get come supply stuff through us so that way they can go out there and, and distribute? What can we do? And I think that Taking that initiative is just a huge step. And only also, too, it solidifies your brand. I would say reinforcing it solidifies your brand name even more because the audience sees that and the audience gets behind that. A hundred percent. And and it's showing, uh, you know, I can't sell this product with our distributors. I can't, the, the distributors can't sell this product without the retailers, without the, the buyers. We're all in this and we got to support each other to get through it. And that was our reaction. Okay. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So to me, everything, and again, it's interesting. It's back to the idea of, you know, whether it's social media or the way we built brands before social media. And now the, the common thread between all that is, is the way we constantly are trying things. We're constantly, uh, um, it's the, it's the, our biggest success is our ability to, uh, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know what's going to work, mm-hmm. but I'm smart enough to know if that I try 10 different things, something could work. Yeah. Something it, could work. So just try things. Constantly, oh yeah. Constantly, constantly, constantly. So what is something that you're trying now in 2022? If you can share, uh, that you would say, you guys have been putting into effect and see if it's something that you want to guys, maybe it could be a new liquor, maybe it's something with your current stuff or with your brand. Is there anything you're trying in specific going into 2022? Uh, I, this interview is a great example. Um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I've always said I'm nobody. It's my brands who I need to be the powerful thing. So all of a sudden, the more I can get out there, it's just an example. The more I can get out there, the more I can speak on behalf of our brands, the more I can be a beacon for what we're doing, then that gives power and support. Um, but that came out of, again, just trying things. Um, 
uh, every day it's the way we do things. Uh, we're doing more things with artists, uh, in the, uh, when I say artists, we were big in the music space, but now we're doing things with, um, um, uh, painters and designers and collaborating more. Uh, I think our brands are lifestyle. Yes, they're, they're liquor and wine based products, but they're lifestyle. So it's our materials. It's, you know, what we, what we wear, what we build. So we're trying things every day more and more because we think, you know, our brands are bigger than just what's in the bottle. They have a meaning to them. So that's us constantly trying things. So when you're picking, I guess, a partner to create these different uh, um, liquors and these different brands, how do you find the, the perfect, I guess, like um, partner to, to work with you to make the tequila and to make the cognac and to make the rum? What's the process for that? Like, how do you know or what is your criteria that you look for? Yeah, so it's, it's a whole very organic. Um, we don't have any outside agencies. Uh, we don't look at stats if anything, if a, if a category is hot, I, I run away. I don't like that. I'd rather focus on things that uh, the way we do it is we drink it. Um, you know, before, uh, before bamboo, and I'll just use our rum as an example, I wasn't drinking rum. And then I started drinking rum and then I started experimenting and I trying things and I started learning about the category. And then I, I, I started thinking in my team, which is just a few people in this case, thinking about how do we make it better? How does everyone else doing it? How do we make it better? And then we start playing around with recipes and, and distilling processes. And then we get to a point where, okay, we got something. Now let's go find the family who's going to help us bring this to market, meaning a producer. So we'll back into that. Um, where's the water from? We want to make sure the water is a critical component. Let's make sure we're sourcing it from the right place. Who can do this? Um, and in this case, we ended up in Barbados, which who knew that was the original rum island. Um, and they, the, the island acts as a natural aquifer. You don't have to filter the water. And then we used our wine experience and uh, in realizing grapes grown in different regions taste different. Same with sugarcane. Different sugarcane from different countries is different. So uh, now we're eight different sugar canes from eight different countries. So all of that turns into what becomes the brand. And that's where the storytelling matters. Um, but it's been the same with all our brands. It's literally, we're drinking something, we're trying it. We're seeing, can we make it better? That's the critical thing, Brian. If I can't figure out a better way to make it, uh, sorry, that it tastes better than what we're going after, we won't launch. I can't do it. I can't look you in the eye and say, this is a better product or better brand. Amen to I love that. that. The quality behind that. I, I love the, the whole breakdown and the attention to detail of how you guys do things. And, and again, if, if it's something you like yourself, um, tasting it and seeing how we can make it better. I, I love that because sometimes people just put products out there to put products out there. Or like you said, if it's just a trendy thing, everybody tries to get on the trend and just tries to sh make things quickly just to be able to not miss out on the trend. Correct. And that's not us. It's I got to... Uh, you know, I, I'm not the one to, uh, it's not about some guy develops something to me is no, the product got developed based on the taste profile and what, and what we thought was better. And, but everything packaging matters, you know, our bottles are heavy, our designs, most of them don't have any paper labels on the bottles. The, the corks are different. The, there's a lot of deboss, debossing on the glass like I want everything to, to be special to the point that you, you almost end up with two bottles, one you open, one you keep on the shelf. Yes. 
Um, but that's what matters to me. And if I, it, I take it very personally, my team takes it personally. So we want the consumer to realize how special this is because it is totally. And, and you beat me to the next question I was going to ask, ask you was, you know, the aesthetics of your bottles, the presentation is so captivating. It's capturing, it's a, it's a attention grabbing. How many times did you have to go th- like through the process of figuring out the right ones? And then what inspired you to pick these specific ones that we have here it's it's everything from I'm looking at our McQueen bottle, uh, our gin McQueen, the Violet Fog. You know, it, it's it, it's almost in some ways. And again, because I, I I live and breathe the music space so much, it's like an artist. Sometimes you get the beat first. Sometimes you get a, a hook for a lyric. Uh, um, sometimes you, you have inspiration from something that happened in your life. You know, you put those things together, it turns into something, and that's what it is for us. McQueen in the Violet Fog, I want it. I imagine like this old school rock and roll band, you know, Florence and the Machine, you know, something and something. Um, I'm a huge fan of Steve McQueen. Uh, uh, um, I knew the name is is big and meaty and long, but they're going to call it McQueen. We actually, uh, if you ever, ever have a chance, look at the back of the bottle. There's a poem on the bottle. It's it right the only here. probably brand in the whole world that has a poem on the back of the bottle. Uh, all the things coming together create the brand. So it's not a, again, I get back to, you know, good brands to me is gut. It's just a gut feeling. This is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. This is what it should taste like. It's gut. And we hope our instincts are right and the consumers or our fans will appreciate those brands. Um, but, uh, but fortunately, you know, we've had great success and it's working the way we see the, the way we see creating premium brands in the market. Well, it's, it's truly showing and it's definitely um, grabbing people's attention and, and the quality behind it is amazing. So since we already started with the McQueen and the Violet Fog, let, let's go around. I, I really want to know the story. I want to know a little bit more about each of these different bottles, which thank you, f- you know, for you and your team to send these, sending these out here. So I guess as you bring one out, we'll bring the one and, and we'll bring one in and we definitely want to know about it. We're excited. So Bel Air is our oldest brand to date. Um, uh, it's, uh, it competes in the champagne sparkling category. It's from France. What's amazing is, and this is the one thing that ha- that all my brands have in common is, uh, everyone told us don't do it, don't do it. It's not going to work. Uh, and fortunately, I'd say my first six seven years in this business, I made the mistake of listening to everyone else. And once I stopped listening, then then things got easier. Um, but Bel Air was the same way. This brand, this little brand, is now about to become the single biggest premium sparkling wine brand in the United States. Congrats. Uh, which is amazing. But uh, it's today we have four different cubes. So two reds, uh, two rosés, one a little bit sweeter, and then two what we call the white side of the category, one a little bit sweeter. Um, it's produced in, in, uh, in France, as I said. It's probably in close to 100 countries. Uh, just an amazing, amazing brand. Uh, we're now the single largest sparkling rosé in the United States. Uh, which is amazing. And then we've got, I don't know if they sent you this, but if you've seen this, the blue bottle, we don't no. have that one. We don't have this, it, but we'll, we'll definitely get one. This uh, you'll be lucky. Maybe that's why we didn't send it. There is none. Uh, this is <laughs> that's the, the last one. Hottest, this is the single hottest wine or spirit in the United States right now. It's insane. 
it's this beautiful blue crisp liquid wine. The taste is completely different. The package is gorgeous. It's like a supermodel. Um, but this is our oldest brand, Bel Air. Uh, but it's just phenomenal brand. Um, uh, just phenomenal brand. How do you get that blue color in there? It's a process that that it took us a long time to figure out because we need the color to stay, and we wanted a blue that just speaks, you know, almost tropical, almost like that that Caribbean blue that you see. Um, but it just, I don't. It's just a. It's an amazing brand that just caught everyone's attention where they're reselling it for five times the price. It's crazy. Or it doesn't even reach the floor uh, at retailers. Um, but I highly recommend if I, I'll try to get you guys a bottle, I, I promise, it. but it's, it's just amazing. So that, just amazing. that's a perfect one for Miami then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there <definitely. we> go. <laughs> so next one's, I know you said the Belair line. So you being your oldest, I know we got Two more. So I know we got the, the white and gold over here. So what's the, what's white, the story behind the this The white one? bottle. So that's, so champagne is, you've got different styles. So what, what in the, in the champagne category, your biggest category is brute. And that's the, do you have the gold bottle? We have the right gold here. over here. Yeah. So that would be everyone's biggest category is the gold bottle. So this is a uh, 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 Chardonnay, hundred percent Chardonnay. And uh, this would be everyone's main line, our main line. The lux that you have there is what you call a demi-sec. Demi-sec is a slightly sweeter version, slightly sweeter version. Um, but I think we're the single biggest probably demi-sec in the country now with that white bottle. So those are the two white sides. And then the two rosés, the red sides are the black bottle, which is where we started. Um, we call it the black bottle rosé, and then we have something called Lux rosé, which is the pink bottle. And this one again is a little bit sweeter. So two sweeter sides and two drier sides for the brands. So there's five total SKUs, five total styles to to Bel Air. Very very cool, very very insightful too. So now as we move on, we we have two more. So we have we got the villain here. So yeah, what's what's Vion. with this one? Very, very I, I really like the uh, the Vion. design by the way. Yeah, it's it's called uh, Villon, so sorry, Villon. It, no, it's okay. In the 14th century, there's a poet. His name is Francois Villon, who was just an iconoclast, a badass. He went against the grain. He was completely different. Uh, he, he he his poetry was about sex, about music. Uh, uh, he fought against uh, back then, or the equivalent of our government today, our our leaders. Um, he was ultimately kicked out of France and killed by a monk. Um, it's a famous story. And uh, the brand is named after Vion. And some people like think that the word villain actually comes from Vion based on him. Um, but it's a, it's a new brand that competes in the cognac and liqueur categories. It tastes completely different than anything else out there. You can, the key to all my spirits is drinking it straight. That's when you know it's fantastic. You can mix it in anything, it'll be good, but drinking it straight's the power. Um, and the snake and the dagger is our logo, uh, but it's just a kick-ass brand that we just launched in the US in 2021 last year, sold everything out, um, but competes with Cavassier and Remy and Hennessy. Uh, but we're, we're kicking some butt in this brand. So this is our youngest brand to date. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and then this one, Bamboo, please try this. This is, oh, as I will. said, is the number one 
premium rum in the United States. It's number one in the UK, Jamaica, Belgium, Austria, uh, Canada, Latvia. It's probably in 70 plus countries. This it's, uh, uh, just, it's amazing. Uh, you can drink it straight. You can drink mojitos. You can drink, uh, pina coladas with it. You can do dark and stormies. It's got this big, long cork. You want to bite it off the bottle. Um, a big X on the bottle, like X marks the spot. Um, uh, but just a fantastic rum produced in Barbados. Um, and then over the past year or so, we introduced two line extensions. One's a black bottle, which is called XO. Uh, and then one is a white bottle, which is called cream, bamboo cream, which is just wow. uh, skip dinner, go straight to drinking. <laughs> Good advice. Sir. So, yeah, I'm ready right now. I like it. Uh, so, that's our third brand. And the last one is McQueen. So McQueen, you said it right. It's a little town called Junjai outside of Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, it's got 21 different bot- botanicals, two different distillation methods, masterization and vapor infusion. Um, there's it, it already got the highest score you can get in the, in the gin category written up in the New York times. Um, it's in about 30 countries and it's just starting, uh, it's just starting to be, uh, introduced all over the U S. So Brett, quite two questions for you. Um, favorite drink to make with the bamboo, your personal favorite. And then out of all these that we have here, which one's your favorite to take straight up? Um, Oh, good question. Uh, I'm bummed. My favorite, my go-to drink right now is I mix my two bamboos together. Oh, uh, okay. I do cream. Oh. I do cream and this, and this, or I do the XO in this and the white bottle. So skipping double meals, double double dinners. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite in terms of mix. In terms of straight. I, I go to both black bottles, the VO, I'll drink it straight. And then Bamboo XO, I'll drink it straight. It's like a big dark, it's like a big piece of dark chocolate or a, a fat cigar. Um, it's just, you don't need to mix it. You don't need to mix either of them. And and which of these for each each bottle, what's the best setting? Um, whether it's to, you know, an event or a party, or if you're having it with dinner, what are the best ones for each, each category? Uh... Clearly, I mean, I'm not at a, well, it's tough because you're asking me that question. I don't, I drink based on what I feel like drinking, not what I feel like eating. I work the other way. Most people, you, you, you eat your food and then you decide what you want to drink. I'm the other way. I like that. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for me and for us, it's not an occasion. It's every day. It's, do I feel like a gin and tonic? Do I feel like doing uh, just uh having on the rocks? Do I feel like having a glass of champagne? Do I feel like do I having a, uh, um, a French 75? Do I feel, I, I love dark and stormies. So it's, it's mood to me, it's mood drinking, but mood am I in? Mm, um, like that. and that's how I, that's how I drink, but trust me, I'm drinking every single day. Brian, what mood are you in? I'm in the mood right now to try the 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 bamboo right now. All right, we're going to be honest with you. If I had a glass, we'd open it right now. We're going to have to do it after the podcast. We're going to definitely try that. It's amazing. And this gets back to uh, Anthony, I think you said, or Brian about, um, uh, you know, which is more important taste or the look and feel, uh, in Canada is our number one market in the world. Wow. Um, we're the number one premium rum there. And I, 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 I love saying this because I think it just tells a great story. No one from my company's ever been there. 
Wow. That's and crazy. it's word of mouth based on taste. That's it. Nothing else. It's the taste, the taste, the taste, and it just sells. Um, there's a little country of Latvia, which is 1.9 million people. Uh, uh, we sell the equivalent of 2 million cases if that was in the United States. Um, it's not like rum is a thing, but what, if a brand is good, if it tastes good, uh, people want it. And that's what this brand is. Now, I love, I love this interview. This is probably one of the best yeah. interviews I've done. Anything with alcohol, that's it. You already want it. <laughs> uh, how involved, and I was wondering because you were bringing up uh, Little Wayne, you're bringing up all these different uh, artists. How involved are these artists when it comes to developing these brands? Are they in, involved in the creative process of this? Like, how involved are these artists? They're not. Um, and the same reason, uh, the brands are not made for anybody, but the, the audience who's drinking them. So that's what they're made for. It's not like I'm thinking, geez, what would this person like? You know, what would, you know, that, that's not, to me, that defeats the purpose of the brand of what, we, what it was meant for. Um, uh, the, the artists, and, and again, we work with a whole bunch is, it's a space that I like. It's a space where I get to, I, I think there's a collaborative effort where people can get behind um, and it's real. So if I use, you know, Wayne as an example, he loves our brand. He loves bamboo. So let's figure out a way to work together. Uh, if it's Wiz Khalifa, which is, a, uh, he loves our gin. Let's figure out a way to work together. It's so everything to me has to be real. It's not a paycheck. It's not, it's not, I'm not chasing the next hot thing because that doesn't feel right. I want it to be authentic. I want it to be, you know, you're not mailing it in. You really feel this stuff. When little Wayne creates a little pendant for himself with a little bamboo bottle that actually has bamboo in it, that's real. You can't fake that shit. Um, so that's what we try to do where I'll, I'll work with anybody and everybody who supports our brands, because then I know there, there's something we have in common. Well, that, that, that's it, Brett. So we're going to drink these and then we're going to figure out a way how we can work together. Cause you got us Done. locked in. <laughs> Done. Done. You got us I locked mean, in. It's, uh, you know, I, I did an interview um, uh, actually last week with an artist named Juicy Fruit, and we just shot her video. Um, but Juicy loves Bel Air Blue, loves it, just eats it up, can't get enough of it. So how do we work together? What can we do? You know, like that's how we build is, is that real authentic relationship where I want to have a personal relationship. I want to know that, you know, what we just finished doing, that's not the end. That's the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the goal. The longevity. I always say play for the long term, not the short term. That's how I always like to build my stuff. Anything I do. A hundred percent. So Brad, I got to ask because since taste is such a huge factor for you and obviously because of the quality of, of the, of your, your liquors and what you're doing here is what represents a brand. If you can say, on the, on the commonality aspect between all from your regular everyday population to your artists from interviewing them or seeing their reactions when they actually taste it, what would you say is like that first common um, word or saying that comes out of their mouth when they taste it on the spot? Oh, it's my favorite thing in the whole world is tasting people who don't usually drink that category and getting that reaction. 
So bamboo is that way. Or, or if they're a cognac drinker and they try VO and they're like, oh shit, what? <laughs> you know, or God, I don't drink rum. I'll just try this. And let, this is good. I, I'm drinking this straight. Like that's, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than getting, and that's the point. That's the point of my brands. If I can't, and as I said earlier, if I can't make it better than the brands I'm competing against, I won't launch it because I want that reaction. And I, again, I have two bamboos, uh, the, the clear bottle and the black bottle. They taste drastically different. I want someone to say, I like it when they say, I don't like this one. I really like this one or vice versa. That's okay because that's, you want to attach yourself to something. You want to have that strong reaction to it. Or, or so you pull a bread. You pull a bread and you combine both of them. You combine the two. <laughs> but the, and again, that that gets back to social media. We saw that on social media. They call it the XOG. So we call this the OG, and the other oh, is in the original, shoot. and the other one's called XO. And that's where social media is awesome. We saw consumers started mixing the two and call it XOG, and we're like, well, that's interesting. Let's try that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Or someone came up on the internet with the Villionaire. They mix Vion with bamboo cream. They call it the Villionaire. We ran so, with it. That's our drink recipe now. That's our main cocktail. Brett, let me ask you this. So you're very big within the, the music industry. You're very connected with it. Are you yourself uh, an artist or have you done any music yourself? Just out of curiosity. This is an art in itself. <laughs> uh, not at all. I'm a big, however, I'm a, I'm just a one. I, uh, I love hip hop, but two, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, most artists in the hip hop spaces are individuals, it's just one person. So, you know, there's not a, it's not a rock band where there's a group. Um, so to me, there's something really appealing about, somebody just doing something, somebody on their own, they're making it happen. Uh, I think it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, and uh, uh, to me, I just connect with it. And uh, I, I just, and now to the point where we are active in it and, and is we're put, we're, we're getting behind music. We're filming uh, videos. We're putting artists together. We don't get anything out of it. But we're trying to put our, call it, our financial prowess behind them so that we can support them in different ways. So we got a big, big push right now with Africa. We want combining African artists with American artists and doing collaborations. Love that. Um, we've done so many different artists where we're hooking them up together because we play in this space. So we don't, we're not a label. We don't want to be a label. We just want to be there for the artists and watch them grow. That, that. that is so unique, especially in, in the in the African music space where it's coming out right now in uh, in the United States, like Thames and all these different artists that are killing it. So it's oh, really, it's really right. unique. And it's also fun because for me, you know, we've had brand ambassadors work with us post Malone when he had one song well, as a hit. Uh, a Boogie with the Hoodie, uh, Gierbo. These guys were small. Now they're enormous. But we were there. We were there from the beginning. You know, so that's a it's a cool thing to be able to 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 be able to support artists in a different way. Um, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. So we're leaning into that. So, Brett, because I got to ask, because, you know, artists now there's a big craze with the whole NFTs and all that stuff. Are you doing anything with your brand and NFTs? Well, we're just touching it and learning about it. Um, 
to me, it gets back to the same philosophy of if we're going to do something, it's got to be done well and right. It can't be half-assed. Um, uh, that's my concern. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and the NFT has to have longevity. It's got to be constantly supported. So I need to make sure what we're doing kind of fits that mold. Um, but I'm again, I'm a big fan of pivoting. And if there's a role we can play or, or work with other people, we want to try that. So, well, definitely when we figure out how to actually taste the NFT, then we're talking about something else. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's a good point. So when, exactly. it, so when it comes to the pivoting, what would you say are some of the biggest pivots that you're doing now going into 2022? I know you say you're trying some of these calibrations and stuff like that. Is there anything else that you would say is sticking out in your in your business right now or that you're looking to, to get into? Uh, I, I think it's more, it's funny. I sent a note to my team. Um, the bigger we get, uh, the more layers there are, uh, as a company and what I don't want to lose. And to me, this is the most important that I sent this note out to my team is consensus doesn't make for good ideas. Um, and I don't want my people and my, I need people, I need my team to just go act, go try it, just go do it. If you're looking for everyone's to sign off on it, no one's ever going to agree. Once you start asking too many people, you're never going to get consensus. It's not possible. So I just want to keep, keep trying things every day. We pivot every day. We try things every day. I have terrible ideas. I get shot down. That's okay. Let's keep trying things. But it's a really, Anthony, it's an everyday thing. There's not, there's never one big idea uh, because I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll give you a different answer. Um, in the music space, uh, uh, every artist I've ever asked, their number one hit, their biggest song, commercial success, is always the one they never thought was going to be successful was always the song they never thought would do anything. They didn't want to release. And that just constantly tells me and reinforces the fact that you just got to put shit out there. Love that. You got to try stuff. I love that. That's a, that. And that's the best thing that a lot of people underestimate. You have to be consistent. You have to be deliberate and just don't be scared. At the end of the day, just put it out there because the other person's opinion of you shouldn't even matter. Let the, let the audience out there determine what your product is worth in the marketplace. And that's beautiful. And my first, as I said, my fir the first brand in, in this portfolio with Bel Air, the black bottle, I remember introducing it to my distributor. They said we wouldn't sell 500 cases. Hmm. It's not going to work. Uh, they told us, change the bottle. Don't put it, you can't have a black bottle. You can't see the liquid. You can't launch rosé first. Um, and I, years ago, I would have listened. I would have changed everything. And then uh, at least at that time, I said, no, I'm not going to do anything. We sold 10,000 cases the first year. Uh, but that's the same with all the brands. Um but that it, 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 it's very hard to, to not listen. But that's the key to, I think, to success is just doing your thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when you launched at Bel, uh, Bel Air, the first time I was introduced to, to this actual brand was watching a DJ Khaled post. And I don't, I don't know if that's something that you guys were collaborating with, but he had a huge bottle. And I see him just jumping in his pool, <laughs> promoting it. And then I actually went on it and bought it. And I was like, all right, let me try and see what the hype is about. So that was a very well curated, planned out. And I think DJ 
Cali, if he was the main person you were intending to promote this, he did a fabulous job. He's a job. great marketer himself. Cal was a huge, again, a perfect example. Cal was a huge fan of Bel Air, huge fan of our brands and everything we did. He wanted to do something, wanted to work together. That's that's how I live and breathe is I, I want that authentic, authentic, real relationship. He's a great friend. We share the same birthday. Uh, I love him to death. Um, but that's meaningful to me. Uh, you know, all these guys are, they're meaningful relationships in the sports world, in the music world. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as, you know, if there's a way we can all benefit, it's a good thing. That is 100% correct. And I love how that you're everything going back to your brand and yourself. It's about how can we all, you know, benefit as a community, as our, you know, together with our collaborations, our audience, and just constantly bringing that you know, that brand message forward of what you stand for. And when you have that message clear, people want to get behind it, which I think is truly amazing. And, and, you know, I just just want to say one more thing, you know, the way that even on here, the way that you've presented everything, the way you presented yourself, it's left, at least for me personally, it's left me, wow, the information, the upfront value, you know, which I think a lot of people are scared to do nowadays is give that extra upfront value uh, because of comp- competition or because they don't want to share their secrets. And I'll tell you right now, the Unfront Valley today has been amazing. Well, it's a labor of love. You can easily tell that. Yeah, and I think it's what Brian, which what you just said, it's, it, there's two things. One is I learned a long time ago, uh, um, it's not about money. Uh, it's about what you like to do and there's no rush. Uh, and it took me a long time to realize this. So you combine that with the fact that uh, um, uh, what you, no one can replicate you, if that makes sense. Um, and it's, it's a good feeling, however, to give back in a way where I wish there was uh, somebody like me for that 20 year old me uh, who gave me advice or told me things like this. I just think, it would allow me to breathe a little bit easier. Failing is okay. Trying things is okay. Um, success takes time. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people where it, 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 it wasn't easy. Uh, that's my story. It wasn't easy. Uh, but it's fun now because we keep doing it and just keep doing it. And we stick to a formula and it's real and authentic. And that, that I can live with. Well, Brett, what can I, what can I say? It, it's truly remarkable to see what you've built first off, you know, beating the odds, trusting your gut, and really being passionate about this. I just want to personally say thank you, you know, for taking time to come on here today and share this with us and inform our audience of what you've been doing, what you got going on, and the all the future, you know, aspirations that you're you're inspired to to help with collaborations and you know just getting you that that amazing brand out there, you know, and and most importantly how you're incorporating it as a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, uh, and I, as I said, the 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 easiest thing I can I can say about our brands is uh, they're the best, and I want people to try them because they're the best. So I, it feels good to be able to say that. I don't have a lot of confidence in myself. I have a ton of confidence in my brands. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right oh, yeah. now that the confidence walks within all these bottles because I said it. I taste it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> try them. Try them. Try them. McQueen, Vion, uh, Bel Air, and Bamboo. Try them, please. We, we definitely will. So, Brett, before we wrap things up, uh, we always like to go through a little quick burnaround, but we also want to give the floor real quick to, you know, work to allow people to find you, connect with you. Where are the best places to do so? 
you can go to our website, uh, sovereignbrands.com, or um, the individual brands, uh, uh, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, and the Violet Fog, and Vion um, on Instagram. You can go to directly to me, Brett Bear, CEO, at Instagram. Uh, so uh, ideas, uh, brand ambassadors, uh, uh, we're an open book. So just reach out to us. Amazing. You guys heard it. So time for the quick burnaround of questions. All right, Brett, question number one, since we haven't tried any, which is the first one that we have to try? And then the follow-up to that one, uh, go dry to sweet. So if you're going to taste Bel Air, Go try first. So try the gold and try the rosé and then try the luxe and then luxe rosé. Okay. Perfect. Uh, uh, bamboo. Oh, you got to gotta go OG first. OG first and then hit the XO. Done. Done. Next question. So who was the biggest mentor that you had in your life that helped you direct you to where you are today? It, it sounds cheesy and corny as hell. It's my mother. She's my inspiration. She's fearless. She's tenacious. Uh, she's a little clueless, and that's a good thing. Um, she just instilled this, I can do, I can do it. You need one, you need supporters in your life. Uh, she's my She's my rock. She was every bad shit thing that ever happened. She's the one who said, just pick yourself up. You can do this. Don't stop. That's amazing. We Are we, are we going to see a, a mama liquor brand come out? Uh, she's on every email. She's 91 years old. She rollerblades every day. Ooh. She, uh, she's got her own business card. She hits up everybody. Yeah, she's on every bottle. No matter what, she's part of oh, every bottle. Man, I love that. 91 and still living it. And she's and she incorporates she she drinks these often then, I'm guessing she too. She drinks these. She's she's uh every, she will not leave the house without uh, a shirt, a hat, a jacket of our brands. Oh my she's boy, a walking boy. billboard. We're gonna have to interview your mom next. I know, I know. <laughs> Love it. Next question. What is the craziest and wildest experience you've ever had in your career? Craziest and wildest. Oh, oh I've had a bunch. Um, uh, I, I think one of the best ones I have to say is in, was in, uh, it's actually a past brand. It was with Armand de Brignac Ace of Spades where, we sold a uh, million dollars basically worth of bottles at a nightclub in Monaco uh, for the Grand Prix called Billionaire. Uh, that was just insane. That was just oh my insane. Gosh. And, then, and then the final question, what is or what was the biggest obstacle that you were faced in your career and how did you overcome that? Oh, uh, I had investors way back. Uh, the company wasn't doing well. They wanted to wind up the company. Um, and uh, uh, I remember saying literally to my mother, uh, telling her what was happening. She told me she'd sell all her rings for me to put money back in the business. Um, and uh, I uh, uh, stopped paying taxes, stopped paying my mortgage. Uh, put all my money back in the business, and here I am today. That's a tremendous risk taker right there. Wow. So well worth it. I still well can't get a credit card, but well worth it. <laughs> I would do it too. Oh, my God, man. It's truly amazing. And, and and the question we always wrap up with every guest is, what is the biggest piece of advice you would, would leave off to all our listeners today in one single sentence? Uh, 
there's so many try shit, mm. try, try things, try, try, try. There's sometimes not having a plan is the best plan. You got to try stuff. Love that answer. Guys, you heard it. Try shit because sometimes it's better to just go all in, even if you don't have a, an exact plan in place and you will be able to develop that along the way. So guys, if you got value out of this, if you got one takeaway that you can start applying to your life, and again, trying some of these amazing bottles that we have right here, would appreciate it if you, first of all, go show love to Brett, go to his, his links, go to his pages, get yourself some of these, and then if you did get value, we would appreciate it if you get like, subscribe, comment, drop a rating, leave a review, because the more love you can show us, the more love we can show back. Till next time on the Sweat It Out podcast.